Those who say that color will eventually replace black and white are talking nonsense. The two do not compete with each other. They are different means to different ends. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. Hey, Ward. Hey, man. You're sporting the... uh, I'm sporting. I'm getting more gray, more more thickness in the beard. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Someday we'll put this on YouTube so everybody can see. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> that's I'm okay. shy. That's all right. All right. We'll figure something out. Yes, I'm looking at you. It's good to see you, and it's good to talk to you. It's good to see you and talk yeah. to you too, my friend. Uh, this is uh, what is this? Episode one fifty six. Yes, for 56. the end of March. End of March. Yeah, we yeah. made it. Yeah, you made it. Made it through another March. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell so, me about it. Yeah. So, well, speaking of telling me about it, what's going on with you, man? Uh, if I sound a little down, it's because I had my Instagram feed hacked on a Wednesday. I figured maybe I could share the, the, you know, the, the story a little bit so that, you know, let this be a lesson to you. <laughs> but, okay. but, um, sorry, cut. Oh, I know that's again. police. Maybe they've they maybe they caught somebody. No, you know there's a there's an ambulance there that goes by here that's got three sirens. I mean, do you really need three sirens? <laughs> I, I you know I get it. They they they're all at different tones. Anyway, um, that's that's one of them. <laughs> anyway, oh, it's got a low frequency. That's very cool. Yeah, it does. Well, that's New York for you. But anyway, uh, I had gotten a um, DM from a friend on Instagram. And it looked legitimate, like you know, he had we had been um, DMing, you know, before, not yeah. in the same day. But he asked me for some help. And he says, "Look, I need to help. I, I want to verify my Instagram account, and I need you to do something." And yeah. I was like, "Well, what do you need me to do?" And he's like, "Well, do this, and then and then send the screenshot back to me, and blah blah blah." And you know, it's what should have caught my my eye was there was I had to actually question him for a second. And so this is sort of lesson number one. If your instincts say that it feels wrong, yeah, guaranteed it's wrong. It's yeah. not like, you know, you're better off like going with the, no, I'm not going to do this or who are you or whatever. If it feels off, because, you know, what's the worst case scenario? The, the other person on this, you know, this side is legitimate, made a mistake. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So anyway, they asked this thing. I set, I, I did the instructions and then, like, while I was DMing back, I was like, um, I can't remember exactly what the case was, but I was like, there was something that the person said that didn't feel right. And I said, how do you know me? Like, yeah. where where do you know me from? Yeah. No answer. Right. And this is someone who I work with at uh, the, the place of their work. Um, and I said, what department did we meet in? Right. Yeah. No answer. Nothing. And so somehow I get back to my Instagram account and it I can't get back in. I can't remember the, the sequence of events, but they had, oh, I got a, I got an email from Instagram saying, we saw that you changed your, I think it was, a, I think we saw you changed your email. No, like you changed oh. your email. Did you change your email? And I went and I clicked on the link and I said no. And, and that just cycled into like getting locked out. And, and whoever hacked my account, hacked my, um, um, 
got my email address locked out and then eventually my password locked out. I couldn't right. get back in. And let me just put it this way for anybody who's listening, Instagram and I'm going to curse. Instagram is a pain in the ass. There, they, there is no way it felt like, um, Brazil. Is that the best way to say it? Or, or something like, Oh no, groundhog day. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there was something about it. Like I went to their help site and there was no way to get back in. They were saying, well, you know, you can use two, two factor authentication, just use the number that we gave you. And I couldn't get access to the number number. Yeah. Or I couldn't get access to like, well, if, change your email account. Just go and, and, you know, go to your account and click on settings. I'm like, I can't get in. There was yeah. nothing I could do. That was the, that was that was actually more frustrating than the hack itself, is that there's mm -hmm. no way that Instagram is helping out. And I know there are like 1.6 billion people in Instagram doing whatever, and so they can't yeah. solve every problem. But they are not set up to help somebody, and it really felt like, uh, you know, um, uh, Groundhog Day. I'm doing the same thing over and over again with the same results, and I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, it's it was not a definition of insanity. It was, it, yeah. it is maddening. Uh, and so I'm not sure how I'm going to get back in. I have actually a couple people, friends on Twitter reached out to me who might have some ability to get through to Facebook and help me get my account back. Um, mm -hmm. But it's certainly not coming from Instagram or Facebook. There's, there's absolutely, and you know, and then it gave me, it made me start thinking like, all right, well, what happens if I lose it? If I lose the account? I mean, I've got, you know, 2,800 followers and however many pictures. I mean, I don't care about the pictures. And, you know, I got all these saved pictures, which would be a bummer to mm -hmm. lose, right? Because I wouldn't have access to them again. But, like, considering what's going on in the real world, <laughs> like yeah. what's going on in my real life and stuff like that. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't care. I mean, I really don't care. I mean, I don't want to lose it. And if someone can help me get it back, that's great. But it, it's, it, you know... There are bigger problems in the world. Yeah. So, but I'm oh, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. I do want, oh, and that means I'm probably going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of people are, are texting me saying, I think your Instagram got hacked. Did you say like, <laughs> buy a house me. with Bitcoin? Yeah. <laughs> You've but everybody's to, doing it. You don't strike me as a red Mercedes guy. Right. I, I don't, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I appreciate everybody reaching out for me to, to ask because that means there's some. Well, and I've reported, I've reported those posts and the fact that they're, they're, you know, impersonating you. So I don't yeah. know if that helps. It's, yeah, you know, we'll, it's better than not. So it goes out to the, into the ether and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But you know, if they close down the account and hopefully they have a backup or if they can save it and they can get some of the stuff back, that would be great. But, uh, I do appreciate everybody who's reached out to me and because nobody knows that everybody else is reaching out. So, but I'm getting these, you know, DMS from here from on Facebook and like, Hey, but the problem is that the, the hacker, is sending DMs to people. Right. Right. So, you know, what's going to happen is either, I don't know what you do on Instagram. Do you mute people or do you have to unfollow them so you don't get the the DMs? And so um, I don't know if I'll be losing followers because they're pissed off. But anybody who follows me could, you know, obviously look at my account and see, you know, street shot, street shot, street shot. And then a Mercedes or whatever the hell it yeah. was. Yeah. You know, there's something not right here. <laughs> well, I like, I like the, uh, the one I did get a DM and I did, I think I banned it or I forget what the, the settings were, but the last sentence on the DM was, this is so legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's so legitimate. The okay. thing I got, the other thing I got that was freaky was it was a, it was, a, I think it was an email or that said, we, we, we got a login from you from like Nigeria, you know, and they showed the little 
flag where it was. I'm yeah. trying to get the picture here. Uh, I screenshotted it somewhere. But yeah, that was that was the freaky thing. And then oh, here's the email. Email sent. We sent an email to k something at gmail.com. Yeah, that's not me. So anyway, here's the lesson. <laughs> Do you yeah. think you're being? Oh yeah, here we go. We detected an unusual login attempt. Uh, Abuja, Nigeria. So if you can oh. see that. Okay. March 23rd. That 23. would be, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know where that is exactly, but it's a suspicious login attempt. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like suddenly. I would agree. <laughs> suddenly I hopped the plane to Nigeria <laughs> and then decided to log in Instagram. So. Anyway, the lessons, the, the, the takeaway from this is, uh, do I, do I care that much about it? Um, mm, not, not as much as I thought I would. Mm. Uh, I don't want to lose it, but if, if it's, there's, if I lose it, you know, I'll just start another one again and see where it goes. So, okay. yeah. So kids <laughs> don't listen to DMS. So. I actually wonder what their goal is with my Instagram account. Like, what is the thing to just send well, out? Well, these... it's a cheap way to get 2,800 followers to DM, probably. No, that's true. All right. Because it's anyway, so legitimate. Yeah. That's that's my uh, that's my week. <laughs> so that, thanks for asking. Well, that is not cool. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we were, I was wondering what we could talk about tonight, and think you came up with a suggestion that i don't think we've talked about before and no. if we have just forgive us because we're two old guys and so yeah two old guys with white thing. beards oh no <laughs> mine's whiter than yours well down here it's white yeah. it's uh, but i don't have any hair so i've got <laughs> some it's trying to it's trying to leave but it's there's some still there yeah so what are we going to talk about tonight? I thought, because I had a couple of ideas this week. And, uh, oh, yeah? I think well. one of them was, uh, why black and white? Why? Yeah. You know, Lord, I've, why don't you shoot in color more? You should, it's better anyway. Why don't you just shoot in black? black or why, why do you shoot black and white? You know, I get that question, or I had gotten that question from students when I was uh, teaching in the class in person, because I would be showing them my street work and they would ask me that same question um, yeah and i don't know if i had a really good answer for them uh why. so well before we get into my okay. opinion my opinionation about this <laughs> uh, so is that a word no probably not it is now it is now it's out there it's out yeah. there and went in people's ears now it's too late it's too late um so what about your thought process about black and white? Do you just take a picture and go, well, you know what? This would just look better in black and white. You know or what? What do you, this, what do you well, think? Well, when you proposed this as a topic and I was like, you know what? I It's like thinking about breathing. <laughs> I don't really think about breathing. Yeah, I just, okay. Well, not maybe not exactly, but I like, did I really think about black and white? And I remember telling... Uh, I do tell some of my students like to say, you know, the typical thing is like, you know, you take a picture or some people take a picture and then they throw a filter on it or they turn it black and white because they want to make it look arty. And I said, you know, yeah. that's not the reason to do it. Uh, right. You know, um, but then why do you turn it into black and white? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I never quite answered. <laughs> I kind of dodged the subject because it seems to be different for every picture that, 
I decide to turn black and white, you know? Um, but I wanted to say, uh, what was it? Last night I was watching YouTube and watching Alex Kilby mm-hmm. uh, talking about, um, he was talking about Ernst Haas mm. and reminding us that you know, someone like Ernst Haas was not photographing his time to be nostalgic or that he thought at some point the photographs would be looked at with nostalgia and, you know, melancholy or whatever we do when we look back at old things. Like he was photographing in yeah. his time period what he was seeing. Yeah. And uh, and he, what did he, Alex say? He had said a sort of a, um, an interesting phrase, the veneer of um, nostalgia. Right. And when he, when he said that and then you proposed this idea of black and white, and I started thinking of the two phrases together and I start I wondering for myself is that I wonder, and I put this question out because I'm thinking about it now out loud, if I'm doing sometimes the same thing, if I am converting or making some of my pictures black and white to add the veneer of nostalgia. Well, that's interesting. So you're, you're putting a context around, okay, that's completely different motivation than me. Interesting. Well, again, and I'm not admitting it. But I guess, you know, if this is <laughs> You're saying it, let's, well, let's rely on the subconscious a little bit, shall we? Yeah, uh, no. You like, said it. So let, there's said, some well, part of your psyche wants to say that. So, yeah. Think about the pictures that I've, that I, a lot of the shots that I put up, uh, that I do street shots of, especially in my neighborhood of the Hasidic neighbor neighbors that I have, or the, um, sort of the old worldiness of my, mm. na- like the mix in my neighborhood and uh, I think when I f- first started really sh- getting into doing more street photography, when I kind of moved to this area and I was using my iPhone mostly, I was shooting color. I shot, mm-hmm. I think, the vast majority of that um, body of work, at least initially, was color. And yes, I was using my iPhone at the time, but it was color. I'm not sure where I started. I think maybe I started to migrate to black and white when I switched to moving to my, um, mainly to that Fuji X20, little, mm. that little X20 camera. Um, because then there were, I can't remember if there's film simulations in that or not, but there was some option there to are. be able to. Well, there's not yeah. so much film simulations, just different color modes and. Color modes, right? Yeah. Black and white and black and white with filters too. It had black yeah, and white with filters. Yeah. It was very cute. Right. So, you know, if I go back and think about this evolution into this, but, but I, in a neighborhood to me, you know, I grew up in New York and, uh, seeing the changes and, and even looking back at the old pictures, even old black and white stuff and remember how New York looks and, you know, sort of wax nostalgic about that as well, because mm-hmm. I love, I love the city and I love old stuff. And I, you know, I grew up looking at black and white photography as well. And that's the first photography that I took the first, right. my first, um, obviously because we grew up in a time when, you know, we the the best way to do photography generally was black and white. That's how you started. It was least expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I started to convert to black and white because I started looking around at the pictures that I'm taking and I'm thinking it's not qu- like it doesn't quite tap into my memories of mm-hmm. a the kind of photography I was looking at when I was growing up or the kind of photography I was doing. And so there's some part of that I want to tap back into. And so it is, and I'm not trying to pull one over on people, no. I don't think, by adding the veneer of nostalgia by photographing or converting my color pictures to black and white. But there might be something to that that okay. um, I sort of want to admit or, or explore, I should say. 
Okay. Well, that's uh, cool. But then I keep doing it, <laughs> you know? Um, and I mean, like for, oh, but like, okay. So, you know, my, my trees of Greenwood series, right? Yes. Yeah. That one is definitively black and white. I like, I made it black you, and white. It was, I, I came across it sort of by accident, mm -hmm. but once I decided to it, like that has to be black and white. That's, and that's nothing about nostalgia or anything like that. That was just. It suits what? the subject too, really. It's, it's you know. Yeah, well, it's so funny because um, I didn't think I had anything when I was first shooting it in color. I was like, I don't know what this stuff is. It, you know, it's fine. But then what happens if I do this? Right. <laughs> For a sudden, you know, something spoke to me, you know. I think that's different than maybe my street photography. But yeah. I'm probably not answering your question. <laughs> No, I think, oh, no, I, th I think you're thinking about it, which, you know, I can't express disappointment. <laughs> okay. Um, so are we going to get into my rant about it? Um, well, please, yes. Okay, yes. so there's because a couple of things Okay. with black and white. So why don't you shoot in black and white? And I would think, do you ask, and it's sort of like, you know, people want to get photography for free, right? Who want you to come and take their pictures, like, you know, could... Could the baker down the street just toss me three or four loaves of bread, you know, just because right. I'll I'll tell spec. everyone in the neighborhood you've got, you know, a really good bakery kind of thing. Uh, so there's that. It's like, well, why do you shoot black and white? Well, you know, it's sort of like the guy going, I see that's a very fine charcoal picture that you've uh, that you've created. Uh, have you thought about watercolor? Why don't you just do watercolor <laughs> instead? You know? So there's that the initial, like, mm -hmm. why are you asking me this? I'm doing it and it's coming out, you know, most like 75 or 80% of my product is black and white because mm -hmm. it, that's just what it is. And also it is my native language. I started in the dark room when I was 12 and I've been staring at prints in trays and looking at other work and all of the stuff like for, you know, my entire life we're coming up on 50 years now of just looking at black and white work that I appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think I have the bet the, a better chance of producing um, my intention with black and white because it is my, like there's a, there's a picture on my Instagram here from, I don't know, a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago where um, I came out of, uh, a building and there was a kind of a narrow tower that's it's like both commercial mm -hmm. and residential it's a narrow tower it's the sun is setting and there's a glint off sort of towards two-thirds of the way down the building off the setting sun and i looked at it and the sky was cloudy around it and i just i instantly saw it as a black and white subject I took the picture with the phone and i did the snapseed thing and did the post processing and it was Almost exactly, I'd say it's as close as any picture that I've taken in a long time where it was absolutely close to my intention when I was taking the picture. And it was black and white. My first gut reaction is to go black and white. And it's not it's not black and white versus color. For me, it's just the media that I use. It's the form. It's the, um, you know, it's the gears that I like to use. The brushes I like to use are black and white. When you stepped out and saw that building, mm -hmm. did you see it in black and white? Like I don't know that I, you know, I could easily say, you, oh, yes, I could did, see that. But, but I said, I intend this to be a black and white picture because okay. I know right. 
I, I know mostly because the light was perfect and there was a swirl of clouds over it. And I thought, and, and I could, you know, play with the contrast in the vignetting, which is part of my shtick when I'm in Snapseed, um, to make it what it ended up becoming. Um, so That's yeah, an amazing picture, by the way. I mean, it really stood out when I saw it. I mean, and it was like that, and it's that. Oh my gosh, look at it! Like this is perfect. This is. I've been coming out of this building for just about twenty years. That building has been standing as it has, maybe for two. It's a brand mm-hmm. new building, and uh, it's kind of interesting. It's got a little twist in it, and uh, and it's very thin at the top. Um, and so it was like this. There's not going to be another opportunity for a long time, probably. I don't get this. And it doesn't, and it didn't, and that's a phone picture too. It didn't have to be my street camera. I just did, I, you know, I produced a product pretty well just with the phone. So, um, so yeah, we got to get past this. Sorry. When you say that, just, I'm going to parentheses this for just a second. We got to get past this phone thing. Okay. I, and, and I say that because I, and this is off this topic slightly, so excuse me. No, that's fine. Uh, and I'm not yelling at you. Um, no, you can, we, though, because I think no, that would no, be No, 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 it's nothing to do with you. It's just <laughs> sort of all of us. But, you know, even me, I'm like, I took this with a phone. I took this with a phone. I took this with a phone. It's like, okay, I'm getting, I'm like, it is a camera. At this point, there's a 12 megapixel camera, which was my first what I called professional digital camera where I could actually submit pictures to a stock agency it was a 12 megapixel camera. Yeah. My Nikon D two X. Um, now my iPhone does 12 megapixel pictures and, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you saw, but I took a picture in Greenwood this weekend of a old taxi cab, mm-hmm. um, a checker cab. In fact, I tried to follow this guy through, <laughs> through Greenwood and I actually, anyway, that's a story for a different day, but I, the, the shot, they were leaving and I didn't have my other camera up. Actually, my other camera wasn't manual focus. So I just picked up my iPhone, popped a couple of shots and I did a little processing just like you did. And I look at it and I was like, you know, yeah, I took that with a phone. So anyway, uh, you know, but I, I, I guess at- I'm saying it, I, I, I'm saying it partly self-effacingly and partly to encourage others. Like, You've got it in your pocket. You've got right, all you exactly. need yes. to produce a fantastic image with your phone. Right. And, and, and so, that image that you did of the building, uh, I didn't know from the shot whether or not you did it with the phone or you did it with your camera or something like that. I was just drawn to the graphic of it. Um, and I, I think, as you're talking about it, I think that shot could only be in black and white. Mm-hmm. I don't think, because uh, I can imagine it, right? I can imagine the the sky. Yeah. I can imagine kind of what the building looks like, you know, in real life. Mm-hmm. And none of that has any kind of pull whatsoever in terms of interest. But the treatment and the viewpoint of looking at it without the color in the black and white style that you produced with whatever mechanisms you used Mm-hmm. Whether it was a dark room with dodging and burning, or Snapseed with you know its tools, it it immediately drew me, and and that was like the whole point of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost then didn't see the black and white. It's funny because I think maybe people like you and me uh, of our time period, and you know we are of a time period. I don't necessarily see black and white as black and white. Yeah, we just see it as a good photograph. 
Right, right. I mean, yeah. People of different generations are perhaps growing up in the sense that now they only photograph in color. That's what they're first introduced to because mm -hmm. that's what you have. And then they have to try to figure out why. Why would you do it in this way? Why, right. like it, it, it's, it, it looks different to them. Yeah. It's like uh, when a maybe. black and white movie comes on late at night, like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. But it's right. Citizen Kane. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> Actually, I've been trying to find... <laughs> I've been trying to find a non-colorized version, at least that I could buy on, you know, iTunes or whatever the heck. Non-colorized version of um, "It's a Wonderful Life." All I can find is the color. Oh, really? Because it comes on at Christmas time here. All yeah, the but time I can't record it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to watch it when it's on my own, but it's like the, yeah. the color version, and you can't desaturate a television anymore and turn it. Well, at least the ones, the ones I've got. Not yeah. easily turn it into black and white. So anyway, yeah. sorry, that's just another rant. No, but that's just like it feeds into the argument about, you know, let leave black and white on its own as a legitimate way to produce and view, you know, graphic material. Did I say that right? That's that's, that's <laughs> graphic <laughs> material. Graphic material. Hmm. No, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> to to, uh, to uh, photography, uh, pictures, <laughs> images. Movies, well, graphic material is photography. Yeah, it's just maybe not for. I just you know, I punched the word a little 18. bit too much, and it was not. Uh, it came out wrong. So, <laughs> apologize to any listener that has delicate sensibilities. This, this podcast may contain graphic material. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please only listen to it after ten p.m. <laughs> we really want that explicit tag. That's really what we're going for. Yeah, yeah. But the, um. Yeah. So, so you the the you said what eighty percent is that you eighty yes yeah, seventy five eighty percent I yeah. I haven't looked, but um, you know so I'm trying to think of what my latest color image I think I have a fairly recent color image. Um, yeah, you got to think about it. Yeah, the picture from uh, my fourth fourth last picture was uh image i took of uh kind of like the fun fair sort of like a coney island thing going on oh, at daytona mm -hmm. beach florida there's a concession and then there's the ride structures behind it at uh, twilight uh, it was kind of interesting light then the, the the lit counter that's in the more in the foreground and then the kind of dim blue with the the structures um, stood up behind it. Mm. It's kind of an mm. interesting time. So, yeah, um, it's fun fair kind of place. So right, yeah, that was yeah, it's a color. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, that was a color image, and it it should have been in color, but I have to go back another fifteen images before I get a picture of a street in New Orleans. So when, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, not not that many. Hmm. When we started photography. Uh, you probably started a little bit earlier than me, but you said you started with black and white, right? Because yeah, it's it was at the time the easiest thing to do. It's least expensive, right? I mean, yeah, and you. Can I'm do a kid. It. I can. My parents are buying everything. <laughs> yeah. What was I? T I don't remember. I know I was buying it myself, but I had a, I had a professional photography, uh, photographers teaching me in their studio. Oh right, Close that's right. You had access to yeah. Close, not quite. But a little bit, at least at the beginning. But, you know, I remember, you know, the guy told me the kind of film I needed to get. I was like, go buy Tri-X film and then buy the polycontrast rapid RC paper, which mm -hmm. is, you know, translating <laughs> for people yeah. now. It was a, um, it was a, a Kodak paper 
that allowed you to, uh, when it was called polycontrast, it had the ability to um, be able to pick up different contrast levels depending on the uh, different color filter that you would stick into the enlarger. Yeah. So if you wanted to have uh, a paper that had, or a picture, and you wanted to increase the contrast on it, you would put a, you just use this one paper, and then you would put a different color sort of magenta filter into the enlarger, and that would yeah. help create some more contrast in the picture. And vice versa, you can lighten the contrast as well. So paper with, papers were either graded for contrast. I can't remember the scales, like one to... One to five. One to five, six, right? Maybe. And five. and the filters in the enlarger are also graded, I believe, yeah. one to five. But they so didn't exactly match the not exactly, but it gave contrast was more contrasty at the far end. Yeah, if I you mean, it was, it was enough that. of a scale that you understood. Like if you bought grade two paper, you understood the contrast level on that. If you bought grade five paper, but if you didn't want to buy those grades of paper, you would buy poly contrast rapid RC and rapid RC. Uh, what did the RC stand for? Resin coated. Resin coated. Uh, so it was plastic paper. Yeah. So essentially. <laughs> It's still, I, I still have them here. They're, they're yeah. pretty much archival. Um, so anyway, I bought all that stuff. And I remember that, you know, the first pictures I took shots of black and white that I printed were shots of my cat, right? Because mm -hmm. that's all I do is take pictures of my cats. Uh, and I remember back then having the hardest time understanding the, the concept, especially in black and white, of, of contrast. I didn't understand what contrast meant. Mm. So like if I had a black and white print of my cat and the photographer said well it doesn't have enough contrast i was like what <laughs> basically it was a gray cat against a gray background <laughs> it was like flat it was like it was fogged over it looked more like it was fogged it does over it was like it. that yeah yeah uh and um also because i also did not have or build up uh, over time the ability that you seem to have about being able to see something in black and white as you're walking around yeah, um, i guess that's I, just practice though well, yes, but I've been doing it for a long time, and I still have trouble converting the world with my eyes to black and white, and which is one of the great advantages of having a digital camera now, because I can set it to a black and white setting, mm -hmm. and then I can see the translation. Yeah, that's fine. You know, the only thing the, with me is, if I am shooting with my street cameras, I want to be able to manipulate the color channels so that I can bring tones up or down. Um that's a whole different. That's a well, whole different yeah, class there. It is. It is. But it, and to to answer that to you, I shoot in, in on my Fujis. I shoot in RAW and JPEG, so I can always okay. reprocess the picture, which yeah. is what I do. Um, but the but being able to see now, I don't do this with my street photography because most of my street photography is you know from the hip kind of, and I'm, I'm, I do shoot in color um, mm -hmm. that way so that I can process it and put the the veneer of nostalgia yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the picture. I'm really like, I feel like well, I'm it's a good phrase. Myself up about nostalgia. <laughs> well, I give that give that uh, credit to Alex Kilby, you know, yeah. and the yeah. photographic eye on YouTube and Ernst Haas. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I shoot raw. I shoot raw exclusively anyway, but that's just so that I have the greatest, um, um, what is it? The greatest chance of being able to extract what I want. This is if I'm having a negative, like a full-tone negative. Right. But you don't, um, you don't do that on your the, phone. You just said you shot that building on your phone. You yes. didn't shoot it in RAW. Well, no, but it was a, it's a color, whatever, uh, J, uh, 
colored JPEG, and I just the first thing I do is I take the saturation down to zero. Okay. Then I can look. Then I can okay. see. I can start to process. Um. So yeah. So I don't. I don't. I. I suppose I could find a camera app that just shoots monochrome, but it's not necessary. Well, Mark. Mark Ryerson hooked us up with that uh, contrast. The contrast, contrast one, yeah. Actually, by... I hooked Mark up with it. Oh, you did? Mark hooked up everybody else. <laughs> okay. Maybe, right, you know what? With my memory going, maybe with my memory going, maybe uh, maybe he's right. Maybe he did hook contrast, us up. Contrast, what's the name of it? Contrast by... Contra um, uh, contrast Hornbeck. by Hornbeck. Hornbeck, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, if anybody's listening and hasn't heard about this app, which is pretty old now, uh, and I think it's only on iPhone, perhaps. I think so. I think you're right. It's a, it's a camera app that only shoots in very, very high contrast black and white. And it almost looks like it's filtered like with a red filter, something like that. And yeah. We should talk about that in a minute with those, yeah. about the filters in a second. But it really sort of it, it converts the world into a very, very strong black and white image. And um, it, could make, it could be very interesting to walk around with that. And like I said, like I was doing with my cameras, look at the world through your camera in black and white. This is looking at the world in extreme black and white, almost, almost very little shades of gray in, yeah. in this. It's not pure black and white, but there's some there's some shades. But it, it feels like it's mostly. And you know, I this is something I was telling my students to do. It's like if, well, if you want to really sort of mess around with yourself and see what the world looks like in black and white, get this app if you have the iPhone, and just walk around with it and see how, you know, with the you know walk around with the phone and point it at things, and see what the world yeah. looks like. Because yeah. all of a sudden you're seeing things in a in a way that is not you know it's the, why we do photography because we want to see the world sometimes the way the camera sees it it's not the way we see the world right but we're seeing an interpretation through in this case uh, an iPhone or an app uh, and it becomes you know it's like another dimension to the world it's, a, it's sort yeah. of a hidden dimension and it's uh, frequently beautiful <laughs> it's it is pretty amazing. It is an amazing, cool app. I remember walking down and especially seeing uh, very uh, strong shadows being cast by these little, um, you know, these things that they put on the sidewalk to block uh, trucks from hitting, from crossing over the sidewalk, these like metal, you know, yeah. cylinders. And that being hit by sunlight and, and these, you know, really deep shadows that, that the app sees, you know, you get these very bright, you know, uh, chrome columns and these very dark black shadows and then a very bright sidewalk and it creates such an abstract which is mm -hmm. not the way you know i'm seeing the world so i find using like an app like that helps or even using the camera to be able to interpret the world in black and white and see what it looks like you know and yeah. sometimes i'll click the shutter sometimes i won't because not everything looks not everything converts to black and white right very well um i want to get back on the topic though of uh of the why you know? Okay, <laughs> I don't have to come with it because um, I want to figure it out for myself. I mean, you ask this question, I don't really think I have a good answer. Um, in fact, maybe part of my answer, to be truthful, maybe, is um, because I think it looks cool. <laughs> That's fine. I but I don't like that answer. I don't. I don't. I don't like you said it. the same thing about the uh, filed negative carrier too. You thought it just looked cool. You weren't. Yeah, I remember that. Well, I remember like yeah, everybody grabbing that filed negative carrier out because it all of a sudden you had this black border. It was something new, 
yeah. and unique. Um, and I sort of, I don't know if that's the only reason why I want to make black and white stuff, but uh, um, I don't know. I, I don't fully know the reasons. Uh, I do think it does have something to do with feeling the time period that I grew up in. Okay, so it's uh, nostalgia is the is what you right impart or what you uh, infer when you see black and white. So I want to get back to the why. Okay. Why are, why the the why of black and white photography? Why am I doing it? Why are you doing it? Why should somebody do it? Um, and uh, see if we can get people to start looking at things differently and start stop asking those questions. You know, the why are you shooting in black and white? I think it's a legitimate question. We should we should. Like, well, wait, you have wait. an answer. I have an answer. Okay, like, we, we know then, why we do it. I know, but wouldn't it be just as valid to ask the question, why are you shooting in color? Sure. But they, people okay, but don't. Nobody asks, that not, nobody asks that question because it's not At least not, not today. The, no. <laughs> no. Go back into the 60s, right? And, you know, someone like Eggleston or something like that, they're saying, why are you shooting color? Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you're not uh, shooting. Meyerowitz, Meyer too, you know. Yeah. Street you're not, you're, not, you're not photographing, you know, for a magazine or an advertisement or a catalog or something like that. Because back then, right, yeah. kind of what people were thinking color photography was like. Color photography was not taken seriously. Right? Nope. Nope. Photo black and white photography was the serious photography. It was the art photography. It was, uh, you know, how we um, got news and information. You know, it's the how it was reproduced in books. And color yep. was relegated to magazines and advertisements and and whatnot. And so you had yes. we, we. So back then, I can imagine someone in you know Eggleston's class saying, "Why do you shoot color?" Yeah, <laughs> it's lurid. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, maybe vulgar. I mean, I could, maybe I could see that in those days of going, you know, this is the, what we're walking, going into a gallery to see a bunch of color pictures that, you know, it's like, you know, what we'd see in a magazine or whatever the prejudice was then. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so now, well, I'm just trying to think of the context of the people who ask me why I shoot in black and white. Because they see so much content in color. Maybe it's the same thing. In the old days, there was uh, they all saw their content in black and white, and color was the deviation. Now black mm -hmm. and white is a deviation. Well, maybe but maybe that's what's going on. It's funny because it's hard. I don't know if black and white is a deviation. When you go through a when you you know let's use our Fuji cameras for instance. There's as many black and white, um, you know, picture profiles in that as there are color. Yeah, it's, I would say it's almost equal. Maybe even more because they have the black and white filter filters, yeah. um, uh, black and white uh, simulations with filters on them, um, and so that adds to the, like to me that's an equal amount. It's almost like the in this case Fuji is a camera manufacturer and a film manufacturer too, because they're mm -hmm. although I don't know if they're I don't know if they're still selling black and white film, um, but yeah, I think they still make Acros. Think they do? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think okay, so. That's good, but they're saying hey, it's okay, you know. You want to shoot black and white. I mean, we're getting our black and white now for, or, or getting into like even Photoshop or any of the 
plugins that you buy now. There's, you know, Silver Effects, which is, by the way, it's one of the, my favorite black and white conversion plugins for Photoshop. I don't know if it's, uh, it's part of the, um, what is it? Well, they could, Google bought them, uh, Nick. Yeah. Nick Software. Nick Software, yeah. It's fantastic, which is where I think you get the, where Snapseed gets its yeah. some of its technology from. But anyway, um, you know, there's as much of this uh, black and whiteness now uh, in photography. Even remember when Epson started to come out with printers, which had the multiple um, uh, black ink tanks, so you can actually create better black and white images from an Epson printer. Oh, by the way, I just had a couple of fine prints made um, uh, for a, a charity thing. Uh, I got permission from Mark to do a couple of my rodeo images to make fine prints out of them. Oh, yeah? And they were on, uh, they came from an Epson printer that had uh, four black inks. Yep. yep. Fantastic. Black, <laughs> uh, light gray, light, light gray, light, yeah. light, light gray. <laughs> Plus all the different variations of how much ink each one of those jets puts into the paper. Right, right. But yeah. then, uh, yeah, they're just amazing. And so you look at a print like that, and it's like we say you don't see the black and white, you just see the image. Mm -hmm. um they're just uh just amazing um anyway i di i digress that well, for me that that end product is definitely that's a motivator like if if i was just staring at pictures on the screen and on the phone all the time of black and white images and you see the thing you know in physical form both in the book but a fine print is it's not lithography, right? And it's not, well, it is a kind of inkjet, but it's such a high resolution and gradation of tone mm -hmm. that you're able to produce in a, in a 16 bit, um, a 16 bit TIFF file. It's just, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> so that, that, that's a motivation to keep shooting black and white for me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it re-energized me, you know, last week when I picked those up. So um, I remember like talking to students, obviously, and saying things like, you know, it, it one sometimes color can be a distraction, you know, and or sometimes a scene that you're looking at can already be monochromatic. And so mm -hmm. uh, in that case, you know, taking the color, the, the very little color out doesn't even really change the image, it, but it does send it into a different direction. And then the idea of color being a distraction, sometimes it can be a distraction. Sometimes the color is like I think in, you know, where I discovered shooting the, um, the trees in Greenwood that the color was a bit of a distraction. It didn't, it pulled me away from what I think I was drawn to in reality. Like, you know, I'm drawn to the trees. I'm not drawn to the green leaves and the grass and the Okay. Green. Now, now you're getting into why, why black and white then, right? Well, am I? <laughs> yeah, you are because you, okay. There was something that what I called kind of, um, in a mean way, you know, the contamination of color, mm -hmm. um, where you go, well, I've got this pretty picture, but, oh, there's that guy wearing this fuchsia colored jacket in the background. It's ruining the whole vibe, you know, that it, that, you know, and it would, if it was black and white, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an issue. So there's that there's you, you, um, you know, it's really about form and texture and all the things that are not color is what, what but can't you get we see form and, and texture, you know, in color as well. Right. I mean, 
it's not just yes, but it's not just about it's not just about those properties. It's about everything but color. Color, um, you know, we're we're attuned to to see the world in colors. So if you take that out, you take a level of abstraction, and now you're like, maybe we're going towards your your nostalgia or in my, uh, you know, pretentious, whatever kind of <laughs> more arty, you know, mm-hmm. black and white is, I'm not saying it's any more legitimate or anything, but it's definitely leaning towards my, my, you know, way that I s- express myself. So have you, I don't have know you, where, well, yeah. Have you seen, uh, I'm trying to find it now. I can't find the trailer for the Apple, um, Apple Plus film with uh, Denzel Washington and uh, oh, the um, uh, tragedy, tragedy of Macbeth. Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, uh, shot all in black and white. Shot in a very interesting aspect ratio. I'm not sure if it's four by three or a little oh. bit more square. I mean, because it's I haven't watched it yet, but watching the trailer, uh, the whole movie is in black and white and. Every shot, at least in the trailer, it looks like I'm imagining every shot in the movie is designed to be a black and white image. You know, even though it's moving, yeah, uh, it does have a very still feel to it. And um, it'd be great to understand. I mean, I sort of tie this together with photography because it's kind of the same thing. Why do you want to film a movie, especially a mm-hmm. modern movie, in also, black and white? Too, while we're speaking of black and white movies, the Kenneth Branagh movie Belfast, same Belfast, thing. yeah. I, I still haven't seen that, and the trailer just knocked me over. I would love to see that, and you know, maybe in the theater. I guess it's gone now. It's just on the streaming, but um, yeah, I've only seen looks... some stills, stills from it, which look like stills taken from you know a photographer, you know, back in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't look like stills from a movie. You know, they just look like photographs or something like that. Um, so it's, it's interesting to, to think about it in, in these other terms as well. You know, you could, there was a time where you could get, um, is it glasses or a filter that you could wear and it would change, um, the world while you're looking through it into yeah. black and white. Not that quite dark, black and white. It was like, dark like, amber. Yeah. Amber, oh, right. It was like, yeah. What were those yeah. called? Um, they were just remember? used as uh, visual visualization. Ratten number ninety eight or something. Right. I think they exactly. Were. Yeah. Wow. Uh, where am I getting this stuff from? I don't even know my name, and I'm remembering <laughs> filters. Jeez. Well, are you kidding me? I'm remembering the poly contrast rapid RC, which I think I'm remembering it kind of like song lyrics. You know, I remembered it so. Yeah, much true enough. Yeah. Yeah. Got it over and over. I'm with again. you. I'm with you there. I'm getting the smell um, of Dactyl. Where's that coming from? Yeah. Oh my! I'm never getting that out of your hands. But that—that's all the mechanics behind the black and white. Again, doing the, doing the the final, um, uh, creating the final images, uh, and like like you said, we grew up and we pretty much didn't have a choice. We couldn't print on our own color prints. Uh, mm-hmm. You develop them in the uh, drugstore or something like that, or you got a Polaroid camera, but you still were sort of limited to like you took a picture and that was it. You know, yeah. but black and white is interesting for us. Black and white also meant we had a lot of control because just like what I'm saying is that we didn't have any control over the color. So we're right. making, but we had total control over black and white. You could do pretty much well, what you wanted. Well, sort of. Well, within the boundaries of what <laughs> yeah. black and white let you do. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Or our, but, so we're, we're limited only by our our less well, than stellar skills. Our skills, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> again, you can you know you got your prints back from the you know your Instamatic from the from the, the color prints from the drugstore, and yeah. they looked terrible. And there was nothing you could do with it. You were yeah. like you were stuck with this awful looking picture, and with black and white. Uh, I mean, even thinking about like what what uh, Shane is doing with the uh, or any of the the wet plate collodion photographers are doing, you know, they have some bit of control in their case, probably with the lighting and the sets and stuff like that. Maybe less with the developing, although I could be wrong because I don't know that process so well enough to know what they can and can't do in in uh, uh, the the processing of that. But um, for us. Yeah, you know, you had your little dodge and burn tools, little yep. hole in the cardboard which you burned, and you can move it around. I you use could, my hands a little bit too. You could use your hands, right? You cup your hands, you make a little hole, right? Yeah. And uh, you could change how much, how long you left it in the developer. You could, you could um, tone it and all this stuff. We had control. We had mm-hmm. so much control over it. Um, today, you know, the control has changed, and we have the same amount of control in color as we do in black and white. So it's it's kind of no different, but you know I do wonder if if uh, we're of that you know generation. We've I know there's some people who are still doing film photography, still doing black and white. There's still dark rooms there, so there's still some of that. God know, bless experience. them, keep it going. That's it's sort of like uh, reminds me. And I'm getting off on a little tangent here about people that are kind of dissing uh, f- people that are shooting film because it's hipster and whatever. And I hope that is all settled down. If you want to shoot film, if you want to shoot a movie in film, do it. You know, if it's your comfort zone and your, the way you want to express yourself, go ahead. Like, you know, Quentin Tarantino shot on film and he kept shooting on film and fine. Mm-hmm. We're all cool with that. Um, he loves it. He loves the whole idea of film going through the camera. So that's cool. Yeah, anyway. and and uh, yeah, the uh, the creativity part of it, the what draws you to something. I mean, that's that's very very important. It doesn't matter what the what the um, yeah. what the medium is. So yeah, and black glass, putting pure silver on black glass. I mean, that's that's intoxicating, right? You know, with probably shame. literally. <laughs> yeah, probably chemicals probably get you high. In yeah. Some way. Um, so yeah, so. Black and white. I don't know if we've got any more time on this. I'm, I'm still not quite sure I understand my own reasons for it. And I kind of was hoping that we would, you know, get to that a little bit. I mean, it's, it's a little psychoanalytical. <laughs> well, that's fine. But we can we can do that, too. We're, we yeah. can do anything with this show. We can. Yeah, this is our show. This is your show. Yeah, we our show. Do, do, whatever, do what we want. Um, yeah, I think I, well, I might have to. I might have to think about this more because I don't want to just create black and white photography for this for just because. It yeah, that's the me worst the reason. Yeah, you know your your reason f- when you saw that building, and you took it even with you took it with your whatever device you took it with, and, and the end result was something that you had sort of in a way pre visualized a little bit, but that's kind of. What I sort of aspire to, like I want to be able to look and sort of at the point of creative creation, say, mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to do this in color. I know I'm going to do it in black and white. I'm going to do it like whatever that is. 
I want to know that. I think making that decision to sh to create a black and white image, even if you start off in color, you know, can start at the moment of creation. Now, I know it's legitimate to like go through your stuff and say, I wonder what that would look like in black and white after you. Oh, think absolutely, it. you're Ten the years artist. Ago. You do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that was something that we couldn't do, you know, growing up. We couldn't go back and and decide to re, you know. No. I want to reprocess this picture in color. I mean, the, the the worst you could do is, you know, colorize your prints, which looked <laughs> Get the martial oils and, the martial you, know, oils. Oh, you know. There were some yeah, people who were actually really good at that. I tried um, a little bit. I was pretty terrible, but I do value my short time with that. I wonder where that yeah. set went. I'm going to give it to my sister. Probably behind that curtain someplace. Yeah, behind yeah. the box. No, back when we were still living on the farm, I think, is when I yeah. had... Marshall uh, oils. If nobody knows what we're talking about, Marshall were they oils? Well, they were like a, a um, almost like a, like a crayon kind of. Yeah, Marshall is this company that made these colored pigments that you can use to apply to black and white prints, and I think there were certain kinds of paper that it was better for, mm -hmm. like uh, well, non-glossy paper. paper, right? Yeah, might have been good, and and it had a very distinctive look because you you always had the 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 tones of the black and white, and then you covered it with this these martial colors and it always had a very distinctive look and some people could do that really well um and colorizing and it wasn't like colorizing a movie it, it was its own thing i believe yeah right it was sort of its own aesthetic well every now and then yeah. you go by someone's house and their grandmother's got some pictures that were very clearly colored and you know it's probably if it was 30s 40s 50s uh, it was martial oils that were used Mm. To, you know, the old picture of your grandmother when she was three years old and she's got very red lips and a very ruddy complexion. That was probably martial oils. Yeah. yeah. And go back as far as like when they started to colorize, not, was it daguerreotypes or, um, no, they couldn't have, you can't really colorize. Could you colorize daguerreotypes? I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen that, but, uh. But back then with a tintype or something like that, they would start adding little like red circles in the faces, so, mm. you know, a portrait to make people look a little bit more lively, you know. Or, or color the uh, the you know the outfit they were wearing or something like that. Um, and that's sort of moving away from the black and white. That's like, you know. But anyway, that's that that gets off of our topic someplace. Actually, that would be an interesting uh, discussion to talk about that uh, when people are colorizing the old stuff. So um, yeah. Anyway. What do you think? We beat this horse? I think I think so. I think we're good. <laughs> I'm still no uh, better off than when I started. No, I think uh, well, there, there was what's a the discussion. Well, what's the takeaway? Well, the, uh, first of all, everyone should should create in the manner that they want. Mm -hmm. This in the, on this show, we advocated black and white in whatever, or I did anyway. I think you're still on the fence. You created. I don't want to be on the. I don't want to be on the fence. We got. Well, we got to fix that. Um, um, and and if you consider black and white, uh, and you you shoot with it, then you are justified in doing so. All of those, I guess, one and three are kind of the same thing. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, and, those are my takeaways. Yeah, uh, I, and and you know, part of what I'd like to even for myself is think about the deliberateness of it. Like why, what is it doing for me? Like I can, like I said, I could find like one or two projects I'm working on where I know 
this is black and white. Like, I understand mm-hmm. it. Like, th- th- there's not even a thought process. Like, black and white, you know, done. But for those other times, am I just trying to put a veneer of, of nostalgia on something? Am I essentially doing what I try to tell students not to do, is just throw a filter on to make it look cool? Yeah. Um, I think you yeah. see the world in more, uh, you see the world more in color, I think, than I do. I think for you, black and white in a lot of cases is second best, except for those subjects that really demand it. I'm the opposite. I'll try and shoot black and white and then, oh, here's a colorful scene. Like here's the mm-hmm. yellow cab with the guy mm-hmm. with the red jacket and the shadow. You're going to shoot that in color. And I'll see that definitely as a color subject. My aim when I'm going out for a walk is to do black and white work. I think your aim is to do color work and that's fine. And I think we're just two parts of the same whole. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we'd like to be able to do what you do is go out with the intention uh, and and wonder that what that would be like, like understanding like this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to use an app. Right. I'm not going to use uh, uh, contrast by Hornbeck to see the world in black and white. I might mm-hmm. not even use my camera to look at the world in black and white, but to actually try to interpret the color world into black and white while I'm taking pictures and understanding that later on I will, I will turn them into, you know, my friend Gene, he, he shoots most of black and white you know, mm-hmm. landscapes and stuff like that. I know he sees the world in black and white like that. Yeah. And you do too. You're describing. That. I would, so, if I was shooting landscapes, I'd definitely do black and white. Yeah. Unless it's yeah. like fall leaves or something with, so for me, that's cliche. Like, I wouldn't shoot leaves in black and white. It would just be stupid. Well, like <laughs> oh, it I might work. Shoot. It might work. I would do some abstraction might, or something. Well, it, it can. I mean, but if I'm, I'm in gonna... the mountains or in the foothills or something shooting, duh, those are black. Right. I'm not going to shoot sunrises in, in black and white either. Although, <laughs> you know, there's a possibility that there's something there. There's yeah. something that exists, you know. Yeah. Uh, my, you know, I've done several versions of my moonrise over Brooklyn in, in, uh, you know, uh, homage to, uh, yeah. uh, Ansel Adams, Adams. Uh, moonrise over Hernandez was because it's fun to do. And yeah. I see that view and it reminds me of that magnificent black and white where that, that picture would not, that his picture moonrise over Hernandez would not work in color at all. Mm, uh, no, he would have to so. darken the blue sky so much that it would look, it wouldn't even look real. It would look less real. That's uh, you know what? Here we go. I'm sorry. I, I thought I wanted to end the show, but I had another thought. But there's something about like let's talk about black and white landscapes for a moment that somehow they almost look more real, at least to me, than if I seen a, the, a color photograph of the same thing. I'm not talking about going there in person and seeing it with my eyes, which is color, but like you know, Moonrise over Hernandez seems more real to me then then i can imagine a color version of it yeah and it's very self-contained i mean adams just in general his his landscapes are completely self-contained images you don't want to see anything outside right right outside mm-hmm. the frame right he's just his framing is so good his and somehow that was i don't so good. think it would work if they were color i don't think we'd have that same experience that you're talking no. about yeah uh so what no, does that? I agree. What, so what does that give me? Uh, I'm just thinking. Does it give me a learning? It does. It feels like it. I just can't grasp it. <laughs> well, it's part of the control thing, right? It, you were talking about control before. Your intention, putting your intention control across, and black and yeah. white. That's for me. That's the most satisfying. 
I can see it through to the end and mm -hmm. I get my intention. Now, it could be terrible at the end, but at least I went down the road. That feels good. Okay. Right. And, we'll take you it. know, black and white is my thing. So, all right. Well, we'll post some of these pictures uh, in the show notes. Hopefully, I can uh, uh, grab some of them from you. I can't get on Instagram anymore, so you'll have to send them to me. All right. Me. Can, I'll email them to you. But, yeah. All right. I, okay. You know, I do what I would like to come back to this topic in a different way later on at some point because okay. I think it's important. I don't think we can cover everything about black and white photography in one show because there's just, it's too much and there's a lot to consider about it. And so let's sort of table this for another discussion. Maybe well, we'll we cover the why and then we can cover well, yeah. the how later. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, even maybe getting some of our other, uh, other unusuals might be able to join us, talk about stuff like this. But anyway, that's for another time. Uh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for uh, Thanks for coming up with the topic tonight. No problem. My pleasure, it. man. And thanks for joining me uh, in making this show our show. Oh, and and uh, let's 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 find out where you are in the internet. I want you to plug uh, what what you did yesterday. So where can what? we find you? Um, where were you on yesterday talking to? Oh, I was talking. Oh, it wasn't yesterday. Oh, it was, it was oh, yesterday. Oh my goodness. Today's Monday. Yes, yeah, so with. Uh, <laughs> Bart Bouchotts on his uh, Let's Talk Photography podcast. We explored um, the work and life of um, a German-American photographer called Evelyn Hofer. Really? And, uh, yeah, and uh, I, he really, he, he really, I think he really appreciated it because uh, she produced a book called uh, Dublin, A Portrait. And, um, and, of course, him just living a few miles from Dublin and cycles there. Every now and then, uh, he was really struck by it. And the fact that Hofer in the mid-60s shot uh, color images of Dublin, which is quite rare, ah. at least in his eyes. <laughs> so he's seeing these older uh, older images of uh, a Dublin that's not there anymore, but it is in color. So cool. time travel. So we sent him on a bit of a time travel thing there. And, right. and we had a good talk. And no, I think it was it was a lot of fun. And. And uh, it's, we'll, it's we'll nice to get up in, early and talk to somebody and, yeah, we'll and have a real meaningful notes. discussion. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. going off on your own. I'm going off on my own, <laughs> yes. Let him go. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So other than Bart Bouchot's Let's Talk Photography, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on you can find me on Instagram. Sorry, we can't really oh. find you anymore. I'm at uh, Ward Rosin Photo W A R D R O S I N Fine Art actually Ward Rosin Fine Art um, on Instagram. I'm um, W Rosin Photo on Twitter, which I don't actually don't I don't advertise that terribly much, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. I'm uh, Ward Rosin Photography. And my website is rosin.ca. And uh, Mark and I are still selling a few of those rodeo books we have left. And uh, In black and white. Yeah. In black and white, <laughs> actually, in black and white, yeah. Because I said they have Good. to be in black and white. Good, yeah. So. All right, well, great. Uh, and right now, I can only be found, not on Instagram, but uh, I've been posting pictures on Twitter. So at AM Rosario on Twitter. Rosario photo on Facebook and that's about the only place you can find me and I, I think I saw 
we got some advertisement for um, maybe a company where you, uh, I might be able to set up a place where you can call and leave messages. So, oh, cool. And right, don't forget so, the uh, Street Shots podcast uh, Instagram. On Instagram. Right? Street Shots podcast on Instagram. Yeah. At least I, yeah, I yeah. think I can log on to that. I got to check. I haven't logged on to that. But uh, <laughs> when things get right, that will be the place to go. But I am going to try to find a place where people can drop messages and, uh, and uh, you know, leave us uh, some ideas and talking points and stuff like that. So cool. See what that is. All right. Well, cool. That's uh it was a fun show. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with me tonight. You bet. And uh, we'll see you around tax time. <laughs> for those of us in the United States. That's uh, tax time for you. We get another two weeks in Canada. Yeah, yeah oh, good for you. All right. But, uh, all right. Well, see everybody in a couple of weeks. Then. And good night, Ward. Good night. See you later. All right. Bye.